for all of your Wisconsin Badgers news from the recruiting trail, on the field, and near the rim. This is the Badger Blitz Podcast. If you want to be a Badger, just come along with me by the bright, shiny light of the moon. On Overtime Media. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Powered by Overtime Media, this is Jay Kokorowski. We are hanging out in the Vivid Seat studio with John McNamara, editor, recruiting analyst of BadgerBlitz.com and the Rivals Network. And, of course, um, the senior writer for BadgerBlitz.com covering Wisconsin football and basketball. Hanging out in the Vivid Seats studio, make sure you use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases. First time customers only, of course. And John, we got a lot to get to. Uh, a big, big week for recruiting. And that all starts started with James Thompson earlier. And of course, we had him on the show last episode. He uh, came on in an impromptu fashion, but now... 2020 wide receiver Isaac Smith out of Tennessee. He commits a two-star kid, 5.4 rating, 13 offers. Officially visited this past weekend, and now he's the second of commitment from uh, that official visitor list. Yeah, you know, going into this uh, weekend, I thought Thompson, of those two, uh, was the most realistic to commit, um, and obviously he did. And I thought Isaac Smith, obviously he was he was feeling pretty good about Wisconsin going in. I thought maybe he'd like to take one to Missouri, uh, which is also offered. But uh, he decided to pull the trigger, and you know, got a chance to talk to his coach, got a chance to talk to him, and uh, you know, basically, you know, Ted Gilmer's his lead contact uh, said that you know you're the you're the guy we want to finish off this this uh, receiver class with to join uh, Shimmery DK, um, and, and Smith jumped on that opportunity. Um, so I, you know. Obviously, he doesn't pack the star power and kind of the offer power as maybe a few other guys in this class for Wisconsin. But um, if you trust Ted Gilmore's, you know, evaluations and, and you know the way he views recruits, uh, a la Quintez Cephas a few years ago, I, I think you'll like Isaac Smith. I think he's a nice compliment uh, to DK. You know, he's six three, hundred eighty five pounds, and you know one of the things the coach told me was you know his willingness to block, and obviously that's important for Wisconsin, and uh, probably one of the things that you know definitely caught Coach Gilmore's eye when you know, he was looking at other options in the 2020 class. And that kind of gets into my questions for you being the recruiting analyst for badgerblitz.com. We talked about his 13 offers, you know, most notable ones. You mentioned Missouri from the SEC. He also had from the Navy and Army as other notable offers. But you talked about the blocking. In terms of his skill set, after speaking with his coach like you did, what skill set besides the blocking could Smith bring to Wisconsin? Yeah, like I said, the size and um, a really nice compliment to DK, uh, someone who I think they can move all over the field. You know, uh, Smith looks like more of a, a guy you line up out wide, more of a vertical threat, um, kind of a glider if you watch his film. Uh, pretty good hands, pretty good route runner. I don't think he has blazing speed. But again, if you look at Wisconsin's uh, you know roster right now, there's going to be some big turnover uh, in about a year after, you know, AJ Taylor graduates after this season, but then, you know, you look at guys like Danny Davis and Cephas, uh, Jack Dunn, Adam Krumholtz, uh, Kendrick Pryor. So there's going to be a big kind of changing of the guard and Smith and DK and, you know, AJ Abbott and, uh, Taj Mustafa, you know, a handful of other guys are going to be in that next wave of players at the position. So, um, he's going to, like I said, bring some size. I think Cooper Nelson's the, the walk-on is the tallest receiver they have on the roster. So, uh, you know, at six three, hundred eighty five pounds, like I said, um, he, I think he brings some needed size to the position. What stood out to you the most in your conversation with Smith 
after his commitment? Yeah, it, probably two things. You know, one that, you know, Gilmore said, you're the guy that we want to finish out with. And I think that certainly worked in Wisconsin's favor. And I, I think he was certainly being honest. I can't think of another receiver outside of Smith who Wisconsin, you know, one had an offer out too. And, you know, secondly, that uh, they were in a really good position to land. So, um, you know, when you get in on the official visit, and you, you, you know, things tend to go pretty well. Uh, I think Wisconsin wanted to make a point to finish that position off to check that uh, to check that box off moving forward. And then, too, you know, he talked about, uh, you know, the academics at Wisconsin. He had a handful of Ivy League offers as well. Uh, you know, he told me Wisconsin was a public Ivy League school. So that was a big deal to him. And, you know, I just kind of going up and down this class, there's there's a lot of kids with 4.0s. There's a lot of kids who who mention academics. Uh, so, you know, I think he's he kind of fits that, you know, mold off the field that Wisconsin's been looking for. Another, you know, really high character kid uh, who gets it done in the classroom. So, uh, like I said, he had the, those Ivy League offers, but he viewed Wisconsin as probably the best mix of of academics and football, and uh, he's number 16 in this 2020 class for the Badgers. You mentioned 16 commits. That leads us into this next question that I have. We just saw a, an offer go out to a familiar face, if you follow recruiting in this 2020 class, in Preston Zachman. Who's left in this class? And does, obviously it has to include him, correct? Right. Uh, kind of a blast from the past, even though it was only in June when he took his official visit. Um, kind of, I don't want to call it odd. I want to call it unique. His his recruitment with the Badgers, uh, he was someone who camped in June. Uh, they loved him. They wanted to get him back for an official visit. And, you know, like we talked about probably on here, uh, I thought, because what typically happens is that if you are taking an official visit to Wisconsin, you don't have an offer. Typically that happens uh, during the visit. And uh, that did not happen. Uh, a big reason why is because uh, they, you know, in that kind of time chunk, uh, they landed Malik Reed and they they landed Jordan Turner, um, you know, and they felt obviously that that at inside linebacker they were they were finished there, and you know there just wasn't room at that time for Zachman. Uh, but again, you know, the coaching staff doesn't say to kids, "Hey, we're done recruiting you." Uh, this is a perfect example of things opening up later in the process. And like you said, Jake, he picked up an offer today. Uh, you know, I talked with him and obviously he's, he's pretty excited about that. I would imagine they're going to try to get him on campus soon, although he cannot take another official visit to Wisconsin. So, um, in, in, unless something happens with Penn state, uh, I would imagine that Zachman joins this, this class for Wisconsin pretty soon, uh, probably as early as he gets on campus and he may not wait that long. I could see him committing, you know, any time now that he has that offer in hand because, uh, you know, despite not getting the offer, he had some excellent things to say about the Badgers and, uh, you know, if we're being honest, Wisconsin's his top offer right now. If you include Zachman's offer now, just how many spots could be left for Wisconsin in this 2020 class, especially with some potential targets like Caden Johnson still out there uncommitted? Yeah, I think that's a natural question to say, well, does Zachman's offer reflect anything on Caden Johnson? I would say no. Um, I've always felt that Johnson uh, was a kid that they would take regardless, and obviously that that uh, situation hasn't changed. Um, I also don't think that Caden Johnson has given any indication to Wisconsin that he's favoring other schools. Uh, he's got uh, an official visit lined up on the horizon with Nebraska, and I, I could see him take three more. So he's not in a position right now, at least in my opinion, and from what he said uh, on record, uh, to be narrowing his focus or kind of looking at a decision date. He's he's kind of always kept that that open time frame and not really narrowed his focus at all, at least publicly. Uh, so I, I think that kind of goes in maybe – Zachman and like we talked about with Joe Moore maybe that best available category where a spot opens up you don't necessarily need 
to fill a position where you say, hey, we're just going to go after the best available because we have an additional scholarship to play with. So I would probably put more in maybe Zach, but in that category. Uh, going in this weekend, I thought uh, you know 18 was a pretty good number. Um, obviously, Wisconsin jumped from 14 to 16. Uh, they still need a running back, I think. Uh, they still – uh, they they are also looking for another outside linebacker, obviously with with Caden Johnson still on the list. So um, I could also see them, you know, maybe look at another tight end. You know, Jake, you you know how thin that roster is right now at that position. So uh, I think we have more spots available than we predicted, but that's kind of common as the season rolls on in any recruiting class. You mentioned Joe Moore. We, we talked about Caden Johnson, Preston Zachman, among others. I know. On BadgerBlitz.com, on the message boards, we've talked about, you know, you've seen on Rivals folks, the Lynette Whitehead talk about Wisconsin, who's an athlete out of Georgia, that according to Rivals, he was offered as a running back too. John, go into your crystal ball for me. Who do you predict will be in this class come the early signing period in December? Yeah, you know, Zachman, I think, is a really safe bet, like I said, unless, you know, a school like Penn State reaches out to him and, and offers him and gets him on campus, kind of blows him away. Uh, you know, even if that were to happen, I think, you know, he's he's pretty high in Wisconsin. So, you know, I think he'll be potentially number 17 at some point. Um, and then beyond that, like, I've always felt very good about Caden Johnson. You wonder, though, you know, did Wisconsin get him on campus too early? And obviously, I, I when you're planning that stuff at that time, I think the staff felt like, you know, we want to get out in front here and we have a chance maybe to close uh, to wrap things up. So, um, you, you wonder if the longer things drag on, the more difficult it, it will be for Wisconsin. But that being said, you know he's a kid from Minnesota, so he can he, he can kind of easily make a trip down to Wisconsin at any time during the fall. So um, yeah, right now I still feel pretty good about him. Running back, I'm not sure. Uh, you you mentioned Whitehead. Uh, he seems to be very high in Tennessee, the school that he's taken an official visit to, and I think Wisconsin's there, Georgia's there, South Carolina's there. Uh, those are probably the four schools with Tennessee ahead right now. Uh, you know, something tells me that if Georgia really wants this kid, you know, they'll make him part of this class. Uh, it's it's pretty insane, the selection process that Georgia has uh, and the, the type of athletes that they get. So uh, I think if the Bulldogs want him to stay inside the state, he will. But he uh, said that he will take an official visit to Wisconsin at some point. Uh, Savion Worson, the running back that's committed to North Nebraska, he's kind of in the same boat. He said he wants to take an official visit to Wisconsin. Uh, I'm not positive that will happen. That hasn't been scheduled yet. So you know, I think we're looking at 18, 19, maybe closer to 19 right now in this 2020 class. Before we take a break, you've talked to a bunch of 2021 commits, and along with, of course, the two new verbal commitments for the Wisconsin Badgers. But what do we have going on? For the rest of the week on the recruiting trail, I know you and I are both be busy traveling uh, if weather permits and whatnot here on Friday, but what should we expect? What should fans expect from BadgerBlitz.com heading into the weekend? Yeah, I think I'm going to try to get out to an offensive lineman battle, which might not make for the best film, but um, I'm really excited to get to see J.P. Benchall uh, from Grafton. They're having an excellent season. They lost a tough game last week to Homestead. And then Joe Brunner in Whitefish Bay. Uh, Brunner's the kid in the 2022 class uh, who I've spoken pretty highly of. Uh, you know, I think last podcast we were talking about him and uh, his freshman tape is awfully impressive. Got a chance to see him at Wisconsin's camp. I guess I'm, I'm a little surprised that Wisconsin didn't offer at that point. Uh, Iowa has offered. I think Northern Illinois has a, as well. So uh, I'm going to hopefully get out to see two of the, you know, probably two of the best offensive linemen. Uh, in the state, if not, you know, across the Midwest for, for some youngsters at that position. 
We're going to take a quick break, come back. We are going to answer some mailbag questions from the BadgerBlitz.com community. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute or so here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. We are back here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. Jake Kowalski, senior writer. We got editor, recruiting analyst, John McNamara on the line, hanging out in the Vivid Seats studio. And thank you all for listening. We've we've made some big jumps uh, since the season began. Thank you all for tuning in and listening to some expert analysis. So we appreciate you all there. That being said, it's mailbag time for those that are subscribers to the BadgerBlitz.com community inside our Badgers Den form exclusive for subscribers. We asked, hey, what questions do you have? And many responded. We're going to try to get some here on the podcast. I'm going to do a Twitter Q&A on Thursday night. You guys will probably see that even before this podcast is published, but we'll also try to get something in written form on the website for our subscribers as well. So thank you all for asking these questions. And John, we're going to start off with subscriber JRM underscore A underscore Hamp, H-A-M-P. Will our defense, will Wisconsin's defensive line be intact in two weeks time? Of course, there's Bryson Williams, who was out on for out for Central Michigan. And then looking at the other health, I, I think the rest of the health is looking good. You haven't heard anything yet about, I mean, Garrett Rand, Isaiah Loudermilk haven't been on any injury reports. They've, they've made substantial climbs. I think, I think they've made an impact for Wisconsin so far. Uh, I think the big question is Bryson Williams. And, and if he can stay, if he can come back after a week off and, you know, you saw Keanu Benton play pretty well as a true freshman, making his first start one tackle, which was for a loss. But I, in my opinion, I mean, the big question marks Williams and we won't really know that until we see the preliminary injury report that comes out likely Monday when Wisconsin starts the week preparing for Michigan. Right. And I would say, you know, will we see this group healthy in two weeks? I, yeah, I, I I'm not going to predict that an injury will happen. Uh, I think, you know, like you talked about with Bryson Williams, uh, you know, with that, I think you feel pretty good about that spot with the way Keanu Benton's been playing. And then, you know, additionally, you know, we've seen Jim Leonard, and I feel like I say this every every podcast, you know, he, he likes to use two down linemen and, and put those outside backers uh, standing up on the edge. So, you know, they can get creative there. Obviously, you'd, you'd love to be healthy throughout the whole season, but guys get nicked up. Uh, we don't know how serious Bryson Williams' injury is. Like you said, Jake, we'll find out, find out on Monday. But, you know, Going into next week, you think Rand is healthy, you think uh, Laudermilk's healthy, you think Benton's healthy, and you hopefully uh, will get back uh, Bryson Williams on the inside. Right, and one thing too, especially with how Wisconsin plays their defense, you know, we mentioned before, you've seen a lot of two-four-five looks, which is with two defensive linemen the past couple of games, the first two games of the season. So that also helps with depth, where you're not using three linemen, you're using two. But again, we'll see what Michigan and new offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis do on their own bye week as well and see if they can, can get if they can stop sputtering on offense like they did against Army and even to an extent middle Tennessee State. Uh, second question that the subscriber had, and big thanks to him for busting out a few of them. This has been great. 
talking about punting. Any chance we'll see a change there? He doesn't believe the punting is good. And he also talks, I'll put these questions all together. So punting, any chance we'll see a change there? And then lastly, quite a bit of over-pursuit on kickoff and punt coverage. Someone's going to bust one on us soon. Are we going to see more emphasis on correcting this in special teams in general? Going back to punting, and John, you feel free to correct me or give me a, another opinion on this. You know, it's just two games, and yeah, Anthony Lotti only had a 29-yard punt that was gave that gave Central Michigan great field position on Saturday, but it wasn't obviously Wisconsin had a turnover, so it wasn't a back-breaking bad punt by any stretch. But you know, in South Florida, he did have a 59-yarder, and yes, that did bounce, uh, you know, a few yards to help him out there, but he also downed three punts inside the 20 yard line. I, I don't think there's going to be a change there from what I can tell. I think he's their punter. And from what I saw in fall camp, I thought he had a really solid fall camp. I think, you know, it was just, he didn't get another chance to punt on Saturday when Wisconsin put up 61 points. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I will defer to you on this. This is more of your area of expertise. Uh, but I think if history has shown us, they will make a change if they need to. But again, uh, through two games, I don't. I think special teams. If you look at at this team as a whole right now, through two games and with the way that offense and the defense have played, maybe if you're looking to nitpick a little bit, special teams is certainly a place you could go. Um, you know, in all kind of facets there. So, um, you know, right now, I, I think, like you said, Jake Lottie's their guy. But you know, they have shown that they will make a change if if needed. I just I don't know that they will. You know, against Michigan, I, I still think that. Uh, you know, Lottie did enough during fall camp to cement himself with that job. And um, I think he would have to have a couple more bad games uh, and really not do things correctly for them to make a switch at this point. Right. And you hit on the head with Connor Allen in that regard, taking over for Lottie last season and at, for t- at times. But yeah, and we'll, obviously we'll see what happens against Michigan about the kickoff coverages uh, regarding this question. Uh, are are we going to see more emphasis on correcting this in specials in general? I can tell you during fall camp, a lot of the time, you know, early on, they're working on special teams. They're working on tackling. They're working on form. They're working on pursuit angles, etc. And, you know, I did not necessarily see any over pursuit. In my opinion, I did not see necessarily a lot of over pursuit and even watching the game replays, uh, I can always go back uh, if I can find a replay. If, if uh, depending upon if Fox Sports has that, I can take a look over that again. But I know expectations are heightened now after a huge two and zero start. But all three phases need to be on point. We'll see what happens against Michigan. But I, you know, I'm not concerned. Going back to Lake Mills Badger now, who we've heard from often in these mailbags. Big thanks to Lake Mills Badger, top uh, out of state 2021 recruits for Wisconsin, and any updates that we may have for them regarding either next visits to Wisconsin or who other co- top contenders might be. John, have you heard anything really uh, for either football or basketball? Uh, if you, well, you know, if you look at the football side, there's a lot of out of state kids uh, that Wisconsin sitting pretty well with. I think it starts with JC Latham and we've had an update on him. Uh, you know, is kind of, you know, we've sent a few of our writers out there. Uh, now he's obviously at IMG Academy in Florida and, uh, you know, we keep hearing Wisconsin being the consistent school in his top schools. Uh, you know, Georgia and Wisconsin were the last two uh, top schools in the, in the most recent report that we have there. Um, you know, the thing with him is him switching from offensive line to defensive line. 
I'm sorry, switching from defensive line to offensive line at IMG Academy. And, you know, will that uh, kind of affect his recruitment? I think Wisconsin honestly would take him on either side of the ball. Um, you know, a kid from Waukesha Catholic Memorial who's down in down in Florida now. So I think if you're looking at out-of-state kids, it starts with him. Um, just kind of going down the list, you know, Nolan Rucci's a kid um, who's obviously has a connection to Wisconsin. His, his brother's a freshman tight end there, and he's talking about visiting in the fall. Um, I need to confirm it with Brian Sanborn, but I think he'll be there for the Michigan game. And obviously he's a kid that has a family connection just like uh, just like Rucci does with, with Jax as Wisconsin's starting inside linebacker. Uh, I think Wisconsin's got to feel great about him right now. Uh, Jamison Gears was on campus's past weekend for the Central Michigan game, and you know Jakey wrote about him when he picked up his offer uh, from Wisconsin during June's camp. Uh, Mac Uline, another kid from Illinois. So you know, kind of going down the list, there's a lot of out-of-state kids who I think Wisconsin has a really good shot at landing, and these are kind of upper echelon uh, out-of-state kids. You know, Uline's a four-star kid. Uh, Gears is a three-star kid. Uh, you know, uh, Brian Sanborn, you know, he's a three-star kid right now, but you know, if you take a look at that film and if you listen to people down in Lake Zurich, they think he's going to be a better player, uh, than his brother was that, that was the chatter when I was down there, uh, filming one of his games of his senior season. So, um, and obviously that's, that's a pretty tall order to live up to, uh, Nolan Rucci right now, uh, the number five tackle in the country. And then JC Latham, uh, he's got a boatload of offers. So there's some really intriguing out-of-state kids, uh, that Wisconsin's on, and it'll be interesting to see how many of them they can pluck off uh, because, I, like I said, I think they're in a really good spot with a lot of them. And then our last question, I'm curious about the impact of, in this subscriber's opinion, a failed 2015 recruiting class on the men's basketball program. Was that a serious setback to the team's recruiting or just an anomaly? And there has been has there been any analysis of the impact? First off, I don't know if I would say failed in terms of the recruiting class for 2015. You see... Brevin Pritzel becoming a glue guy on this team. And you, you've seen, you know, Charlie Thomas, you know, he provided some minutes early on. I'm not saying that, that he lived up possibly to the potential that he had, but he was used uh, early on and maybe he did not live up to the potential. But in your opinion, John, was that a serious setback to the team's recruiting or was it just an anomaly? Because he also, I guess too, he didn't mention Brad Davison and Kobe King and Nate Reavers in the class of 2017. Yeah, and this is all interesting stuff. And I I wrote a big uh, kind of manifesto about it on the message board, you know, a handful of months ago. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think, Jake, that you might be even being a little bit too kind in your words. I mean, if you look at that 2015 class, and it's funny that we're talking about it right now, <laughs> just the question seems to come out of the blue. Um, but I, I think it is a failed class. You know, Van Vliet fizzled out. Iverson, good player. Uh, you know, I think Iverson, you know, at least in his senior year, probably lived up to what you thought he was going to be. He's a kid that they saw at camp, um, lightly recruited guy, uh, came on late. And I think Iverson kind of gave you what you thought you were going to get from him. Um, you know, Charlie Thomas played four seasons and he, he didn't do much. Um, you know, it's, you, you talk about Charlie Thomas and what they thought they were going to get from him. I think if you look at the 2021 class, uh, they want, this is going to sound complicated here. Uh, they want Chris Hodges to be maybe what they projected Charlie Thomas to be, a big, rugged power forward in the Big Ten who rebounds, who can shoot a little bit, and is a big presence in the paint on the defensive end. So, you know, I'm not comparing those two at all. I just think that, you know, when they were recruiting Charlie Thomas, they probably had a lot of the same thoughts that they did uh, when they were recruiting right now uh, Chris Hodges. Uh, Ilya Kanan, dud. I mean, yep. he just never 
look comfortable at Wisconsin. Maybe he should have redshirted. Uh, but, you know, he was a good player coming out of high school, highly recruited kid, not elite level recruiting. Uh, but Wisconsin beat out a handful of schools for him, and he obviously comes from Minnesota. So there's those connections there. And then, you know, Pritzel, uh, he had a great, you know, spring, summer kind of period when Wisconsin offered. And, um, and I certainly don't think that he's had a bad career, uh, but maybe you thought you'd get a little bit more scoring from him. But obviously he's got one year left, and, and you know, you'll see what you – have with him as a senior um obviously he's known as a shooter but maybe he hasn't shot it as well as people expected him at wisconsin so um it, it, the class as a whole i think is a failure you know that was kind of the tail end of a bull ryan's career and um you know a lot of those guys just did not give you what you thought they'd give you so um i, I would agree with maybe the failure there was it an, anom- an anomaly you know like you said, Jake, you, you said it, uh, I think what the 2016 class, the following year, maybe the 2017 class, I'm sorry, with uh, King and Reavers and Brad Davison. I mean, Wisconsin went to bat with a lot of the top schools in the country for those guys. I mean, that was a very strong class for Greg Gard. And then I think you're starting to see things pick up again. You know, they, they have certainly learned uh, from some of their mistakes. I think you'll see that they're putting more offers out. And in, you know, the world of basketball recruiting, these guys will not visit unless, you know, they have offers, these, these elite guys. So you've seen, you know, a guy like Jackson Grant, they offered before he visited. Now he's going to take an official visit. Um, there's a, there's a few other guys that fit in that boat as well. So um, I think, you know, I've kind of held true to this. I think Greg Gard and his staff can recruit. I think Gard specifically can recruit. Um, and now you're starting to see the momentum pick back up in you know this 2020 class and obviously in the 2021 class you know if they could pick off a guy like Carlson and then ride that momentum into you know Chucky Hepburn and Matthew Moore's in the 2021 class uh, maybe Julian Roper as well I think that will silence a lot of the critics Uh, but you know going back to the original question a long time ago uh, the 2020 or the 2015 class is an absolute dud maybe I'm just too I try maybe I'm just too nice of a guy you are too nice yeah yeah I'm too nice on that okay yeah I'll go with that but I mean I I think Pritzel still can write an epilogue to this. He can write another, the end of the chapter, depending on what happens this year and, and what he does. Obviously he's a redshirt senior heading into 2019, 2020. And, you know, I think Iverson, he had a good career. I mean, though, I know those two are probably the standouts from that class, obviously with what happened with Van Fleet and Illa Kanan and then Thompson or Thomas, not living up to what he could have been when he was recruited. So, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, maybe, like I said, I'm just too nice there. Um, I will say, too, I guess with that 2018 class with Tyler Hero, with, with that, is that, is, was that just bad circumstances then, in your opinion? Because then they go after Taylor Curry and then Ty Strickland, and now both are no longer in the program. Yeah, and that one's been talked about at nauseum as well, uh, but it's, it's always fun to, to rip that Band-Aid off. Um, Tyler Hero, you know, obviously Wisconsin is going to recruit him because he was from inside the state. And, he, you know, he fit Wisconsin. You know, I think, you know, obviously he's he had an excellent one-year career at Kentucky, and I think he got everything he wanted out of Kentucky. And obviously, um, what was he, the 13th or 12th or 14th pick in the draft? Um, so obviously, you know, that was a good decision for him. I think that played out well. Um, I don't want to sound like I have sour grapes here because I, I really don't care where Tyler Hero wound up. Um, but, you know, at the time of his decommitment, was really, really difficult for Wisconsin. Um, you know, they had to go back on the recruiting front. I believe they had one live period weekend left uh, to kind of, you know, scramble back there. 
Um, you know, they obviously in that class was, was Joey Hauser as well. You know, one of the guys that they were recruiting, you know, for a long time with just one spot left because you thought you had hero. Um, so when he decommitted that, that kind of really, um, yeah, I think it was bad luck for Wisconsin there. I mean, there's, you know, decommitments happen, uh, far less often in basketball. So, you know, it's not like football where you see that happen more often. I think that, uh, you know, was something that really, really affected that recruiting class. Um, you know, I talked about learning from your mistakes. I think in hindsight, Nate Lazuski should have had an offer from Wisconsin for a while. Um, I think they could have uh, landed his commitment had they offered uh, a little bit earlier in the process. Obviously, he has uh, strong family connections to the school, and he wound up at Notre Dame. So I think, like I said, Wisconsin has learned from situations like that where, you know, hey, we can't put all our eggs in one basket. We have to put offers out there. We have to just evaluate and find more kids that fit what we're looking for. And you've seen it in the 2020 class where they put more offers out, the 2021 class where they put more offers out, you know, specifically in that 2021 class where, you know, I think, you know, there's probably 10 plus offers out right now. Um, but, you know, at the same time, they've done a great job evaluating. You know, Matthew Morris is a guy that they caught early. You know, Kravenhoff's been on him since he was in middle school. I think uh, there's a great connection there. Uh, Chucky Hepburn's a guy that they got on campus for the, uh, for one of their camps, it was the uh, elite camp, and they offered him. So I think, you know, Gard has always been a good recruiter and an excellent evaluator. I think, though, he has learned from some difficult recruiting stretches. And now, like I said before, you're starting to see some of that momentum pick up. And Wisconsin's got a great chance, I think, to maybe close out the month with a commitment or two uh, from the guys in the 2021 class. Uh, Moores and, you know, possibly Hepburn as well. Uh, they're visiting at the end of September. So, like I said, I think he's got some momentum. He's obviously went through some tough stretches, but uh, all in all, I think he's he can recruit, um, and I think guys on the staff can as well. Again, thank you all for your questions here on BadgerBlitz.com. The Badgers Den, how do you ask the questions? Of course, become a member of Rivals and the BadgerBlitz.com community. Visit BadgerBlitz.com and look how to sign up there. Real easy to do and join a great community Real fun discussions in the Badgers Den, not just news, but just overall questions. We have a good time there. Be sure to check out BadgerBlitz.com and the Rivals Network. Let's take a break, come back, wrap up the show here on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. Wrapping up yet another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Thank you all again for listening and John, this is weird. I mean, you and I are both going to, you know, you're going to take a look at some of the offensive linemen in state. I'm heading to Columbus to watch Stratford and Wisconsin commit Ben Barton on Friday night. But on Saturday, I'm not going to be in a press box. You're not going to be in a press box, hopefully. Um, it's it's bye week weekend, man. So in your opinion, what games are you going to watch or – I take it some family quality time will be good too. Yeah. There's not a great slate of games on, on Saturday. There's nothing that, you know, is kind of must see TV. Um, you know, on, a, on the bye week I like to maybe take a nap to the sec afternoon game. Nice. That's a game to kind of doze nice. in and out of. And then I'm, I'm not even sure what's on ABC uh, at night. I didn't even check for that, but uh, it, it, I, when I, when I glanced over it, I, I didn't really see much that caught my attention, but um after two long grueling weeks, it's, it's ready for a buy for Wisconsin. And like you said, uh, you know, maybe spend some more time with your family and you know, maybe rake up some leaves outside or finish up anything from the summer that you need to, to get wrapped up because, you know, Wisconsin will be back and obviously a huge game against Michigan coming up 
Um, and we'll talk about that. I'm sure in the next couple of podcasts. Yeah. I mean, gosh, uh, I know I still got to change out a screen door. I got to trim down. I didn't get a chance to do it yet. Uh, I talked to John about this a couple of days ago when some, when a set of a series of storms rolled through the Madison area, our a tree right next to our fence cracked one of the branches with a big branch, a big trunk of it cracked. And so uh, I'll be dealing with that before some uh, slated games. I mean, I think the one that I'll watch just for the sake of looking ahead to Wisconsin would be Northwestern and UNLV. And that comes up. Uh, it's a mid afternoon game. There's also Iowa, Iowa state Cyhawk battle going for the Cyhawk trophy and bragging rights for the state once again. And I obviously I was ranked number 18 in the nation. So uh, hopefully I can get some work done in the morning and then just chill out and relax and watch a little bit of college football later for those that want to, you know, obviously later on, if you get the IECC network, Florida state travels to Virginia. Uh, if people let's see if Alex Hornibrook possibly could get in the game for a struggling Florida state program, that's one and one and barely eked out a win against Louisiana Monroe. So again, uh, there's, there's some stuff there. I mean, even USC BYU could be interesting in my opinion, uh, just with what BYU did against Tennessee and obviously Wisconsin last year. But yeah, other than that, John, anything else that's coming up for badgerblitz.com? Yeah. You know, we've wrapping up, you know, Friday, tomorrow, we should have a, maybe kind of the last chunk of recruiting articles from this past weekend. And then, um, you know, we'll, we'll hit Michigan week and hopefully have some stuff from Friday night. Um, you know, Ben Barton and Stratford. I mean, those guys have just been rolling people. Um, I think the first game that they played was like 50 to nothing. And last week was like 83 to nothing. I mean, Stratford, Stratford is tough. I think they're D five this year and, uh, they, they don't seem to, uh, to need much of the second half. It's, it seems to be, uh, uh, rolling clock in the second half. So you might get out of there pretty quick on Friday night. I was going to say Columbus comes in three and out, which will be interesting too, where you have Josh. And obviously that's Josh Seltzner's alma mater in terms of high school. And so uh, we'll see how Barton and, and Stratford do on that note, folks, we thank you guys for listening. And of course, where you can get all the information here, badgerblitz.com and wisconsin.rivals.com is the, I believe the official URL, but then also Facebook, Wisconsin Badgers on badgerblitz.com. Twitter for John, it's at McNamara Rivals, me at Jake Coco, K-O-C-O. And then of course, please follow the Badger Blitz account there, the official one at Badger underscore Blitz. We have an Instagram page. And then on top of that too, with this podcast, we love feedback. We love reviews help us make this the most wisconsin centric podcast possible we do want to improve the product so please let us know how we're doing you guys can find us on apple podcasts on google podcasts on spotify and tune in on the tune in app we just edited that just a couple weeks ago so four avenues along with your desktop if you go to overtime media's website click on ncaa click on the badgerblitz.com podcast and you are there so Coming up later, uh, coming up in just a few days, John and I will return, start talking Michigan. We'll start prepping for what lies ahead for the Wisconsin Badgers against the top 10 team for, you know, just across Lake Michigan. You know, we'll break down more. We're going to get more into it as we get back into the swing of having an actual game week. So stay tuned. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you again on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media.